You're listening to SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask experts, analysts, and business owners what MSPs need to do now to recession proof their MSP and keep their foot on the growth pedal. Hi there. Welcome to this special edition of SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP. I'm Radhika Nair and I am SuperOps.ai's in-house storyteller and your host for this podcast. I am very thrilled to introduce you to Tracy Pound, who is back on our podcast. And this time she's going to be talking about, as an MSP business owner, how you can prioritize growth. Tracy has over 38 years experience working in tech and has successfully implemented business systems and training programs across multiple industries. She's the founder and MD of Maximity, which offers IT training, consultancy and project management to companies. She's also chair of the board of directors of CompTIA. Welcome, Tracy. So glad to have you back on SuperPod. Thank you very much. And it's my pleasure to be back with you today. Thank you. Tracy, uh, we have had this discussion before about, you know, how uh, MSPs can recession-proof their business. But I wanted to understand one point from you because you do speak to multiple MSPs and as part of uh, CompTIA, you have that visibility as well. I wanted to understand, uh, you know, this industry wisdom that MSP businesses are recession-proof or recession-protected. Is that really true? Do you see that on the ground now when there is you know, in the macroeconomic conditions are a little unstable. Do you still see MSPs, you know, being protected from the larger, um, un, in, you know, the larger vagaries of the economy? Um, in some situations, yes. But I don't think it's an opportunity for MSPs to sit back and relax and think they're okay. Because there is a finite amount of cash that's available to their clients. And if their clients are in industries that are on the decline or they're struggling, then those clients are going to be look at, looking at ways in which they can save money. They're going to be looking at things that they can cut back on. So I think it's a time for MSPs to look at their pricing, to look at the value that they're adding to their clients and make sure that they talk about that value with their clients so their clients understand what the MSP is do, delivering for them. I've heard a lot of people going back over many, many years, a lot of end users say to me, well, I don't know what my MSP does. They charge me monthly for all of this stuff and I don't see anything. And there are reasons for that because a lot of that charging is for setting up things behind the scenes, for making things run well and not go wrong in the first place. But if you don't, as an MSP, explain that, to some of your customers, they lose sight of the value that you're adding to them. So if that happens, it doesn't matter whether or not you think you're in an industry that's recession-proof, your business is not. So it's about making sure that you share that value with your customers and that you don't just see them as a cash cow. A lot of pricing is going up in the industry at the minute. You know, All of the software licensing for sure is going up and up and up. And as I said, there's a finite amount of cash that's available for clients. So you need to, if you're going to put prices up, talk to your customers about it, explain what's going on, explain the value of keeping those licenses, because if they don't see them as an intrinsic value to their business, they're going to cut that cost. Right. 
and that's that's a very important point right you need to keep you can't sit back and relax if you want to keep that retain that share of your customers um spend i want you to speak a little bit more about that but a bit later i wanted to understand you know when when we are talking about the larger economy being um you know seeing some amount of uh, instability or seeing a certain amount of recessionary pressure why do you think this is a good time for msps to focus on growth why do you think this is a good time because you know there is also this tendency if you see in the larger industry right that uh, companies are trying to protect their revenues they're trying to reduce spends they're trying to be a little more um careful in their spending in terms of uh, even the plans that they have why do you think msps should not go in that direction and but you know really focus on growing so a great question and i think in times of recession it's a very good opportunity for msps to grow their practices by getting really close to their clients because at the end of the day technology is an enabler and in a lot of businesses it will enable that business to become more efficient to streamline information flows to help senior decision makers make those decisions on a sound business basis in real time and it's technology that delivers that for end users and there are many many businesses that struggle because they've got disparate systems because they don't know where their data is because they don't have it secured properly and that's really where i see the big opportunity for msps is bridging that gap with their clients because you know in our world we understand technology our clients are not technologists they're manufacturers or they're accountants or they're solicitors you know that they do whatever is in their world but they don't know all the things about technology that we do so we've got so many tools available to us that will help those businesses to improve their efficiency that's the real opportunity but it takes quite a bit of research to get there so msps need to understand that they've got some upfront investment to do that looks at their customers and their customer industries to work out what those technologies are that they can go and take to their customers that you're selling something but actually what you're doing is you're adding value to that end user business so you're helping your client to become more um efficient to process data quickly to process it accurately to be able to get results and data insights as to what's going on in their business and so we've got that massive opportunity but it will take a little bit of a change from a lot of msps to get their head around it's not just looking after the network infrastructure it's actually looking after their client business so in a way becoming more strategic partners than just service providers absolutely that's it you're you're becoming business consultants you know that yeah. they they're going to have to transition into that world of really understanding what their clients do how their clients process information and data and help them to improve those efficiencies and that's going to be easier for some MSPs than it is for others and it will be easier depending on which industries those MSPs are successful in but if an msp looks at where they've had the most success with their clients they want to model more of that so if you've had great success working with accountancy firms what is it that's made you successful working with those companies and model more of that 
to get more of those types of customers because you've got a proven success in those areas. And if you're branching out into new areas, take time to invest in research. So go where your customer goes. So if they have a trade show, go and visit the trade show, go and walk around and see what people are talking about. What are their issues? What's keeping them up at night? And learn the terminology so that when you talk to them, you're talking to them on their terms. Right. And I also wanted to understand that when, you know, um, when they have existing customers that they want to make the shift with, right, when they want to become more strategic partners for their existing customers, how can they have that conversation? How, how, how does an MSP begin that conversation? How did you approach it? How are you approaching or how are you doing things differently now? So we, with us, we tend to go into our clients to talk to them about how their business is going, you know, what's causing them a problem, what's working well for them, and we lead from a pure consulting perspective. So we're not leading by saying, you know, well, we want to sell you more Microsoft licenses or more business central licenses. We're going in and we're asking them, how can we help you when you might be struggling to do things in a more efficient way? And we talk about the business impacts and the business issues that we have. We don't talk about technology at all at that mm. stage because we have to build trust. So we have to build the trust. We have to build the credibility so that they know that we can deliver a solution for them. And they're not so bothered then about what that solution might look like within reason, but they're bothered about whether or not you can solve their business problem. So we have regular meetings with our clients. We go in and we see them. Um, a lot of MSPs and a lot of companies actually in the, in the IT area call them QBRs, quarterly business reviews. But there's an awful lot of companies that don't like that term and that see it as something that they have to do rather than something that adds value. But to us, to be able to sit down regularly with the key decision makers in our clients' business and just talk to them about their business. It's all about them. It's not about us. It's about what's going on in their world. What's causing them a problem? Have they got new staff? Are they looking at moving? Are they downsizing? Are they growing? Are they looking to be acquired? And we will talk to them about what that means for them. And then how can we help them to get the data that they need in, in order to be able to answer their own questions? So it's, it's a very, for us, it's a very, very consultative approach. Um, for MSPs that are very traditional network support organisations, which are so, so valuable, it's a harder ask for them because they're used to dealing with just the infrastructure rather than the business side of it. But in ways of going forward, all of the account management that happens with those organisations needs to start to take on board that business consulting approach Got it. And in fact, that was something I wanted to uh, ask you, because a lot of um, MSPs, it's during that QBR uh, time that they have that conversation with clients, right? So would you say that, that you don't have to wait for that, uh, the, the quarterly business review to happen, to have these conversations? Because like you mentioned, for, for the traditional MSP who are used to you know, focusing on network management and such services, this is a much more uh, harder shift to make, right? It's more of a mindset change rather than an actual business change. So so what, what would you suggest for people like that? 
So firstly, yes, don't wait for a QBR. When the time is right, if a customer rings you and they've got a problem, use that as an opportunity to go in and see them and just widen that conversation out. So it doesn't have to be prescriptive and it doesn't have to be three months. It could be that you and your client want to meet once a month for a period of time or when a major project's finished that you want to back it off and it's only once every six months. But the point is to have those regular touch points in that you understand the value of them and your client equally understands the value of them. And they should be no less than once a year because most renew cycles work on that annual basis. So you want to have something that's in that time frame so that if you get to the end of a renewal period, you're not surprised if a client moves away. You should always know that you're going to lose that client, particularly if they're a big client. Right. And, right. Um, again, for, for the traditional MSPs, they have such a wealth of information available to them because most have help desk ticketing systems. And those ticketing systems will give them an indication as to how the client uses their technology. Because a lot of the calls that will come through will be, how do I do this? I can't do that. And a lot of them will sit around the application. So if you analyze those calls and you can see trends in, okay, well, there's somebody new in the business. They're putting a lot of calls through to the help desk. some training. What could I do that could help that client with their training? I've now got something proactive I can go to that client with and say, look, we've just done a, a bit of an analysis on the support calls and we can see these trends. So, you know, these people look like they're struggling, struggling a little bit. Can we help them? Because then you're going to get more efficient staff. So becoming proactive by the use of analysing your own data can make a big difference to the value of the relationship that you have with your clients as well. That's true, isn't it? MSPs have access to exactly how their client's business is doing, what issues they're facing and how they can step in and what are the gaps that they face. So make use of their ticketing system, their PSA, RMM to see what exactly, how they fit in, how they can be more proactive, right? And I wanted yeah. to check that as well, because a lot of the points that we are discussing about, right, these hold good for, you know, the so-called normal times as well, right? So what would you say or how would you differentiate what MSPs need to do now versus the more normal times? Do you think that proactiveness, is that what the key difference would be? Yeah, absolutely. It's being proactive because in times like this, people can talk themselves into a problem and they can talk themselves out of services that actually they really need and are getting value from, but don't necessarily fully understand. And, and that I'm talking about the end users. So the more you can be proactive and the more you can demonstrate your value as well as talk about your value, the less likely your client is to want to move away from you or have a price review or cut back on the services that you're providing. The most common problem I see is that MSPs are not always very forthcoming with holding those um, review meetings with their clients. So they create a distance, they create a divide between themselves and their customer. And at times of recession, that is the last thing you want. You want a sticky relationship. So the more proactive you are, the better your relationship will be and the longer term your relationship will be for sure. True. 
And I also wanted to understand, you know, um, and we've spoken about this uh, a bit before, um, you know, when you look at the larger industry, right, a lot of the clients that uh, MSPs have, a lot of them might be facing challenges. So how how should an MSP deal when they face a situation like that, where, you know, they have clients who are facing some issues, who are facing some true real challenges. So how, how should an MSP approach such a situation? Okay, so in times like that, in those sorts of situations, it's about managing risk. And that risk is often the financial risk to you as an MSP business. And in terms of managing that, some of it is talking very openly with your customer, with your client, about what the situation is, what can they afford, what can't they afford. It's knowing that in those situations, you're not not likely to be able to sell them an awful lot more new stuff because they will not have the cash to be able to support it. And there's no point in selling something if you don't get paid for it. So it's understanding where you're going to get paid for the work that you do and focusing on those clients for growth. Where they haven't got that money or they're struggling financially, it's about minimizing the risk to you. So what does that risk look like? It's doing a financial analysis. It's looking at where they pay you on time or if they don't pay you on time, how late are they? If you've got a big outstanding debt with them, it's about going to them and having a conversation about how they're going to repay that money for you. So, you know, you've earned that money. You have a right to receive that cash. So they they have an obligation to pay you. And it's about being able to have that conversation openly and upfront with a senior business leader and also with the finance team too, so that they understand where you're coming from you understand the constraints that they are under and jointly you come up with a plan. Um, Something else that's very important, not just actually for MSP businesses, but for all businesses, if you've got bad debts, chase them. If people don't pay you, chase them. Don't let it sit and wait until it's built up into a huge, great pot of outstanding money. Tackle it early on. So help people to stick to their payment terms. So if it's 30 days and they've not paid, you send them a statement, you ring them up, you have a good, sensible conversation with them and you get an idea of when they're going to settle that. It's not always easy because bigger companies tend to have lots of people in the accounts department. And I've known situations where people have just been passed from one person to another, to another, to another. I know it isn't easy. If those situations arrive, Go to your business contact and just you need to do it regularly. Don't let it drop. So every week, every few days, depending on the size of the debt, how old that debt is, make sure that you have a voice there that they pay you and credit check customers as well. There's plenty of credit checking software out there these days. Make sure that they have the capacity to pay you and look at their financials. But as we all know, with COVID, Looking at people's financials doesn't always mean that they have a problem. So bear that in mind. Don't automatically write customers off because they've got bad financials. If they have, have a conversation with them. It might be that they've gone through a huge investment and that's why the financials don't look so good or they're accruing for something. So, you know, use it as the basis for making a decision, but not the whole decision. So talk to people, I think, is is the major thing there. 
Those are really great points, uh, Tracy. And I wanted you to talk a little bit more about the finance aspect of it, right? Because, you know, in one of our earlier conversations, you did mention about, uh, in one of, uh, for, a, for the blog that I had written, you did mention about how MSPs need to keep a close check on their finances, right? And that is not just from, uh, you know, clients who are not able to pay on time perspective, but in general. And I wanted you to speak a little bit about that on what are the aspects that MSPs need to keep an eye on, right? The finance being one of the key aspects. I wanted to understand that a little bit further. Okay, so in terms of understanding your finances, it's understanding what makes up your revenue and also what makes up your costs and your overheads. So um, as a small business owner, a lot of companies will outsource their finances to a bookkeeper and the bookkeeper will pay the VAT or pay the suppliers and things like that. As a business owner, it's your responsibility to know what your ratios look like. So how much of your revenue is on your an annual recurring basis? How much of it is project based? How much of it is pure transaction? What does that look like over time? So what? how is your business transforming? So are you going more towards projects or are you going more towards recurring revenues? What do those ratios look like? And then from a cost point of view, are your costs in line with your sales? So what are your margins? Are your margins getting squeezed? Are they getting bigger? Are they sensible? What's the going market rate? So what's the accepted norm for margins? And then underneath that, so you've got your sales, you've got your uh, direct costs, you've got your gross profit, you've got your gross profit margin. And then underneath that, you've got all the costs of running your business. So you've got your rent if you're in serviced offices and things like that. You've got all the costs of your own internal licenses, your wage costs, staff costs, that kind of thing. And then dropping out of the bottom of that, you've got your net profit and your net profit margin. So there's a big difference between them. So you've got three key figures. You've got your revenue, so the money that you earn. You've got your gross profit, so what you bought, sorry, what you sell less what you buy. And then you've got your net profit, which is how much does it overall cost me to run my business? And it's profit margin you want to keep that eye on because you can have the best overall sales margins in the world but if your costs of running your business are too high, you don't generate the net profit. So it's trying to keep those in ratio and it's understanding what that profile looks like over time. So is it staying static? Is it improving or is it worsening? And you'll see at times where you take on a new product or you take on a new member of staff, your profit margins will drop because productivity drops for a while before it comes up. And some of it is just understanding that that's natural. That's OK. There's nothing wrong with that in a business at all, as long as the general trend is not on the decline. If it is on the decline, what can you do to stop that? So is it a matter of you sell more or is it a matter of you look at your overheads and you look at reducing some of your expenditure? Um, and that is what most companies will, will go through. But again, it's making sure that you don't cut out the non-essentials. So you don't want your customers to cut you out and to stop buying from you. When you look at what you buy and what your overheads cost you, you need to think in that, that same way as well. So don't cut the things that you shouldn't cut. Don't cut corners. Make sure that you stay professional, 
but look at your margins and make sure that you maintain those margins. So what's your internal efficiency look like? What do you earn per member of staff? So that you know when you take on another member of staff, your sales needs to increase by X amount in order to support that member of staff. Or have you taken them on because you are so pushed at the edges that you don't have any capacity to operate? And interestingly, many years ago, I worked in the automotive manufacturing sector. And I had a boss who said you should never run a factory at more than 80% capacity. Because if you do, you lose the ability to do maintenance work and downtime. And then if something goes wrong, immediately you can't send those goods to those customers because your factory is not working when you expected it to work. And I've always tried to apply that roughly in my business. So I don't want my staff 100% client facing. I want them about 80% client facing because the other 20% is all about learning. It's about development. It's about administration. And that carries the cost and the cost is time. The consequence of not doing it is that at some point you end up with a hole in your admin systems or a hole in your knowledge, which causes you more problems than had you given them people time to do it up front. Got it. And yes, uh, you were talking about cutting corners. And that's something that, uh, you know, I wanted to check with you as well. A lot of uh, businesses, right, and not just MSPs, they want to play it a bit safe. They want to ensure that they are not spending on things that um, that don't require spending. But like you said, uh, cutting corners can also have an impact, right? So where does marketing fall into all this? Is this a time to uh, be more proactive in marketing as well? Or should MSPs be a little careful about that? That is a great question because everybody, the, the view is, you know, we're, we're struggling or cash is going to be tight, so I'm going to cut my marketing. In times you need to grow your business, it doesn't matter whether it's a recession or any other time, you need to spend that money on marketing. Because if you don't, you start to lose the top of the funnel of your pipeline. So marketing is the bit that gets you known. It gets your brand awareness out into the marketplace it helps to build your credibility and it starts to help people build trust so it if you stop your marketing people forget where you are they forget who you are and you don't want to do that because then there's an awful lot more legwork to be done to try and sell something to a customer because you end up having to justify your value to that customer whereas if you keep your website up to date and you make sure that it is open, it's inclusive, and it really speaks to your audience. And you do some very good marketing. And that's different for different businesses. A lot of people are doing social marketing these days. There's a right way to do that. And there's a not right way to do that. So, you know, marketing has a huge impact on your ability to attract or at least get the attention of prospective new customers and to solidify and cement existing relationships because your customers can see what you're doing in the marketplace. So it gives opportunities to have conversations as well. So marketing, absolutely, if you're in times of a recession, you need to do it and you probably need to do more than you would do under normal circumstances. Right, because you need to be visible as well, right? When when 
clients or potential clients are thinking about cost cutting and thinking about you know cutting out services that they might not require you need to be visible you need to be present there when uh, they are making that decision yeah you do you need to be front and center so people need to know that you are there so that they've got you to come to and and it does work if it's done in the right way it absolutely does work but there are a lot of people who struggle with marketing and they struggle with sales and in both of those instances if you think that's you go and get some help get some training there are so many resources available now um, that will help you with that but get some training for it because it comes across if you're nervous and you don't believe in what you're doing or what you're saying people pick up on that so quickly it's untrue so if you struggle either outsource it or get some learning to give you the confidence to do it properly and involve other people with it as well. Marketing isn't just about the people who do the actual marketing. It's about the whole organisation. So if you have a receptionist, your receptionist is often the first port of call for anybody coming into your organisation. So that's your first point of marketing. What does she, he sound like? What, how do they act? What do they say? So the presentation of the business is all wrapped up with anybody who has any contact with a client. So that's your help desk staff, that's pre-sales, post-sales, that's maintenance people, um, engineers on site, salespeople, receptionists, finance department people, they're in touch with clients as well. They all have an impact on the relationship that you have with your clients. So they need to understand the impact of their Um, speech of what they say how they say it how they come across how they make that person feel true and even the littlest things matter right like you mentioned every conversation every interaction that a client will have with you that will color their uh, their experience about you right and uh, whether it's a client or a prospective client that's absolutely true Uh, Tracy, anything else that uh, we haven't covered? Anything, any other point that comes to your mind that you think will be of value? Uh, The only other thing, I think, is planning. So it's very easy to become reactive in a business, especially if you're busy. You do what you do because you have to service the needs of your clients today. However, if you want to grow, you need to plan. So what does your business plan look like across the next three, six, nine, 12 months. And you don't need to do all of that in huge detail because situations change, the economy changes, customers change. So the further out it is, the less detail you need to put into it. But as it comes into your horizon, so if your sales cycle is three months, then you should have a detailed three-month plan. And that should be a rolling three-month plan. So three to six months, You've got detailed ideas of what it is you want to do because you know that that time frame that your sales are going to come through. If it's longer, then you need to have plans that go across your sales cycle time. So if you're in industries where you're doing more consulting work and it can take nine to 12 months to get those sales over the line, then your detailed plan needs to cover that period of time for for planning. Um, If it's more higher turnover then your sales cycle is shorter and you your planning horizon is a little bit shorter as well but plan look at where you want to be what is going to get you there and plan for it and make sure you execute on that plan 
but above all, share it with all your staff so that they understand it, they're bought into it, they understand their part that they're going to play in the success of that plan too. And that's brilliant advice for any time, and especially uh, in a recessionary time, right? And some really, really great points there, Tracy. If if I could sum up, I think, you know, what you mentioned last, I think that's the key. Have a plan and share it with your team because everyone needs to pull in their weight to ensure that, you know, you succeed. And uh, some of the other points for me that really stood out was, you know, being that strategic partner, ensuring you are building in enough buffer, you have built in enough buffer so your business is not or your people are not too stretched. And that willingness to have those tough conversations as well with your clients to ensure that, you know, you are getting paid for, for what you are doing. And you have a very important or, or, a, or, or a key tool in your hand in, this, in, the, uh, in the shape and form of your uh, tech stack. You make use of it. You, can, you have complete visibility into your clients uh, and you can become a key strategic partner to them if you uh, play your cards right and don't cut corners. I guess that's, that's, uh, that's some of the main points that stood out for me. Thank you so much, Tracy. It was such a great conversation. I really loved having you back here on Superpod. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for your time as well, Radhika. Thank you. Thank you.